0: Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. A new day means a new Screen the Screener podcast. Welcome back, folks. Mike Randall here with you. Gus Kearns here with you. Talking NCAA hoops. We're counting the days down. March Madness upon us. Got more automatic qualifiers. Gus, nice to see you back to back, my friend.
1: Nice to see you. Nice to hear you. Uh, good evening, good morning, good afternoon Thank you for your personal choice of consumption of this particular Screen the Screener podcast This particular podcast we're manufacturing on the eve of March 7th, not March 6th That's right, you heard Mike Randall right, back to back The best time of year is finally here We mentioned the other day that spring, the first day of spring is nearly two weeks away Daylight savings time, don't forget to change your clocks people, come on, stay on top of it don't be late on that Sunday morning. Come and, on now,
0: and Gus, that's great because on on Sunday morning that gets us an hour closer to Selection Sunday.
1: And what so, what, so could, we, be, we what could be? Better. <laughs> we better. We get an hour
0: down. Right? So an hour right, closer.
1: right, I'll definitely, I'll definitely give away that hour to get closer to Selection Sunday for exactly, sure. Exactly. We we hope to aid in your uh, commute to and fro. Thanks for plugging us into the car. Perhaps you have us in your headphones while you're vacuuming. Just don't run over that power cord. Been there on your newfangled <laughs> been, like been vacuum. There. Like whether you have the ball one or the the whirlwind one, right? Don't run over the cord and have that sucked up. That would be really cruddy, okay? So just keep an eye on the cord. Kick it to the side, people. You can do it. Come on. Thank you for plugging us in if you're vacuuming. That's totally awesome. We're always thankful, so humbled. Honestly, honored to chat NCA Hoops with you, Mike, and our ever-increasing audience out there. Hey, ahoy out there, at ed underscore Even. Jerry Eisenberg is a master and a treasure. Keep doing your thing on him. Can't wait to see that. And ahoy out there, at Chef Bubble, Chef underscore Bubble, sorry. One of my personal favorite Muppets ever. I know we're going to go a little off script here. Mike Randall, favorite Muppet moment or favorite Muppet in general? Any thoughts? Beaker, very nice. I also How like it? the Swedish chef too. Well, we're going to throw
0: a one, 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 three zone in the March Madness.
1: No? <laughs> Love, yeah, one like? that's, I that's wonder great. if the fans like either one of those. Probably new. Yeah, Sorry. Oh, no, both great. Fantastic. Um, uh, much like the Dukes of Hazard was appointment TV for me and my uncle on a Friday night, for some odd reason, my grandmother and grandfather really liked watching the Muppet shows because they had like all those old school guests on it like Dick Van Dyke and Carol Burnett. And so they wanted to see those those you know personalities and talents like do stuff and i was just there to watch the muppets so it was like this perfect opportunity to hang with my my grandparents it was it was awesome i love the muppet show uh how, so i
0: guess how great was the uh, guy who used to build a saxophone at the end of the muppets and look into the saxophone
1: <laughs> I love, I love that
0: guy he was so cool much cooler than i ever was with headgear and glasses growing up as a kid sorry
1: all right, so enough, enough public show talk. Mike, where are we heading first to give these college basketball junkies a rundown of who's in March Madness?
0: We understand, folks, that your commitment here, we, we appreciate and thank you for your commitment on a nightly basis. So tonight is going to be a quick one. We realize that you have other things to do, although we can't imagine what else would be more important listening to screen the screen as we get closer to March. But thank you very much for listening. Remember, you can rate us iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Contact us at sds podcast gmail, Podcast at gmail.com. By the way, I want to mention this really quick. We did get an email yesterday from a great fan. I'm not going to say his name because uh, you never know how social media goes. I right. want to clarify something. Both Gus and I do not wish ill on Grayson Allen. We don't want Grayson Allen to be hurt in any way. He's a wonderful, no. wonderful basketball player. We just wanted to say, for the record, that if he continues to do these odd movements in private parts, legs, tripping, there could be a situation where he ends up getting retaliated against. That's all we wanted to say. I want to clarify that. I want to thank the listener for saying that email. The fact that you take time to write an email to us, we are honored and we want to respond to it. So just want to clarify that. So folks, you have any other comments, good or bad, please contact us, stspodcast at gmail.com. Let's get back to the the hoops here. Recap, we had four qualifiers heading into this podcast. We had Florida Gulf Coast from the Atlantic Sun, Winthrop from the Big South, Wichita State from Missouri Valley, and Jacksonville State from the Ohio Valley. Gus, we have three more we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to start with the Metro Atlantic Athletic Association. Your winner, Gus, the Iona Gales, 22-12, and 12-8 and in the MAC, third in the conference in the regular season. Gus, they average 80.5 points per game. Again, watch out. That's a lot of scoring. 11th NCA tournament appearance for the Iona Gales, head coach, t- head coach Tim Clues, who does an outstanding job
1: with Iona. He does an amazing job. He re- he has this beautiful offensive system, and that's a big reason why he gets athletes, student athletes there to play in the system because it's so player-friendly and it's very offensive-oriented. They love to run up and down. He puts his players in great positions to be successful, whether it be on the three-point line, the short porch, or just the foul line, uh, getting fouled, taking the ball to the hoop. Love what Coach Clue is doing. He's been underrated nationally. I love what he does. Uh, it'll be. It's always cool watching his teams play just because if you like offensive basketball, Iona is a team to keep an eye on for sure. The, um,
0: the, the Mac final went to overtime last night. Iona squeaked past Siena 87-86 in Albany. It was a de facto home game basically for Siena, which Monmouth fell trapped to. So that's a huge, huge win for Iona, basically winning on the road. Uh, what else can we ask for from March? Gus, let's talk about the players.
1: First player we're going to hit up, Jordan Washington. He had a double-double in the finals. He went for 21-10 in just 26 minutes. Six eight skilled senior, is the type of skilled big that thrives in this cool offensive system that Iona runs. He's averaging about 18-7. So he went above his averages in the final game. You always love to see your best player like step up their game in the in, in the biggest stage. That's exactly what Washington did here. You know what he is? We're gonna go back into the into the Iona Annals here a little bit. He's very Mike Glover. More on that a little bit later. Oh, good
0: one. Wow. Wow, right? good do, do you remember Glover? Yeah, of course I do, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was like he was like the linchpin of that great Iona team that we'll, we'll, we'll hit on a tiny bit later. Iona is always live in March because Coach Clues, like you mentioned, has this high-paced O, and they're always in a game because they play this way. They're never out of a game. Uh, they have seven players averaging more than seven points per game, and they always have a ton of ball handlers and a ton of shooters on the court at the same time. They are kind of like... Imagine how uh, Iowa State is constituted this year in 2017. They're kind of like Iowa State light, uh, minus the All-American running point and minus, um, you know, mini-Bron Burton playing an undersized four. But they run that same type of offense. The Gales do own a win over Nevada, which could find its way into the tourney via the Mountain West tournament, and they've been here before. Maybe this is the year that they take a game with a team that averages about eight points a game. Do you remember that game about five years back, six years back, maybe four years? I don't know exactly. It's a, it's a little foggy right now. But when I was thinking about this game, all the players like popped up in my head and like the scenario and the rundown of the game uh, totally p- replayed in my head. They played BYU in Dayton in a play-in game. And they were up 25 in the first half. That's when they had like uh, that cool little point guard, Scott Machado. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Jones was like vomiting it from the outside. And then Glover was like the glue guy in the middle that kind of did all the dirty work and put up big points. BYU had Noah Hartstock, right? Uh, Brandon Davies, who played in the NBA for a little while. Hartstock and, and, and Davies went for like 18 and 23 and brought brought BYU all the way back to win that. But maybe this year Iona flips the script. And that team finally garners the NCA win that the program has been searching for this entire time that they've been like knocking on the door. This year's squad may not hold the same firepower as Iona teams in the past, but they are always a team to keep an eye on because of their offensive potency. Keep an eye on them in March. Check the matchups. Iona is worth taking a second look at when you see who they're matched up with in the bracket.
0: Yeah, that game was incredible. What a memory by you, Gus. That was 2012. That was Iona-BYU. In in the early round game, Iona ran out in the first half to a 24-point lead. With four minutes left in the first half, Iona had 55 points. They were playing man-to-man BYU. BYU likes to run up and down the floor. They tried to stay with Iona. They could not. Then BYU scored the last nine points of the first half and outscored Iona 38-17 in the second half and pulled off a 78-72 comeback victory. You mentioned Davies, Hartsock, the whole group. Keep in mind... Iona had 55 points with four minutes left to go in the first half. They ended up scoring 17 points for the entire second half. And the last five minutes of the first half, BYU switched to his own. Jim Beheim would be proud. Big win for BYU.
1: Great coaching move by Coach Rose there, obviously. So obviously he knows what he's doing in the tournament. Iona, definitely worth keeping an eye on if the matchup, again, they don't necessarily have the top-end players that they've had in the past, but it is worth keeping an eye on because of their offensive output for nothing else.
0: I have thought that there's been better Iona teams, but this is the type of team you have to watch out for because they have a good coach, they have tournament experience, and just when you think they're not good, this is when they jump up and bite you. So again, mm-hmm. it's all about the matchups. Do I think they're Wichita State good? No. no. Do I think they could be better than a Winthrop? Yes. I, I think they could be a little bit more live than Winthrop.
1: Fair comparison. I really like that comparison. Where are we heading to next?
0: Well, let's go to the Colonial Athletic Association. The team, Gus, is UNC Wilmington, the Wilmington Seahawks, 29-5, 15-3, first place in the conference. Won the regular season, won
1: the tournament, which I know you like. Love the double up. And, by the way, rock, chalk, Seahawk. Let's go. There you go.
0: Solid all-around season, only five losses. Out of conference, Gus, here they went. Lost a close game to Middle Tennessee State in Nashville. Won at the buzzer at St. Bonaventure. Lost at Clemson by 14. Awful loss. You know my thoughts. Fair. Uh, um, After that loss, though, they won nine in a row. Then lost back-to-back games in conference, which is going to happen, at William & Mary and home to Charleston, who finished second at 14-4 in the conference. They finished the year on a seven-game winning streak, Gus, and they had an average margin of victory in the tournament of 10 points per game.
1: So there was a little buzz on this team. Maybe if they could garner one of those early season opportunities, whether it be against Middle Tennessee or maybe against Clemson. That maybe they would be at live for an at large bid. Obviously that didn't happen. And then when they dropped a couple of those games in conference, they had to go back to the drawing board and go ahead and say, Okay, let's pony up and let's go ahead and win the conference outright and then let's get the number one seed and let's have the easiest path to the tournament title. And that's exactly what they did. So sometimes when teams have that like special mojo or special vibe beginning of the season and then thing and they and they have this opportunity on their early season schedule. And maybe that early opportunity on their schedule doesn't work out perfectly. It's sometimes hard to regroup, but you know what? The Seahawks team did exactly that, and now they get their invite to march.
0: Players, Gus. Sophomore guard C.J. Bryce really stepped up his game. Last year was 10 points per game as a freshman. This year, leading scorer, 17.6 points per game as a sophomore. Throwing five and a half rebounds, three assists, all-around score and slasher. Does a little bit of everything for him. Uh, Heart and soul. The team, though, in my opinion, Gus, one of the seniors, Chris Fleming's, 15.8 15.8 points per game, five and a half rebounds. Notice, Gus, the guards do rebound on this team. Those yep. are two guards I just told you about with five and a half rebounds each. So It's a team. Good chemistry. That's a good sign of chemistry. 109 three-pointers attempt, attempted, which is incredible until we get to our next player. Right. Uh, I had a great game last year in the Duke loss in round one. I was locked into that game. Yep. I liked Duke last year. It was the first game. It was a 12-15 tip-off, Gus. And they were up, and then here came Wilmington. That's going to keep them hungry. They have a lot of players coming back. I would tell you this. I put Wilmington on par with a Wichita State for an upset. I think they're very, very dangerous. Um, 18 points per game for Flemings. Also, he's always on the floor 35 minutes per game. Just a couple quick other guys. Uh, Love the next guy, Senior Denzel Ingram. You know my love of three-pointers. Love
1: him, love him, love him. I think he's a great player. He's a difference-maker player. 14.5
0: 14.5 points per game, and wait for it, 287 three-pointers attempted. What does Yes, that,
1: there it is. I love that number. What
0: does that even mean? 37% from three-point range, only 76 free throws, so he's a chucker. He's not going to penetrate a lot, and I love every minute of it. Two guys left. One is forward Devontae uh, Kakuk, 12.3 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, no threes. Ingram shoots them all. Uh, Struggles from the free throw line, 58%, but he's a hard worker and a banger inside. And Gus, just for good measure, let me throw in senior transfer Ambrose Mosley from Old Dominion. He's 41% from three-point range on only 173-pointers attempted. I mean, let
1: her fly. Listen, these guys are going to go ahead and play their style of ball. It's not quite Iona, but they are going to go ahead and put it up. And by the way, the guys that put it up are going to have great percentages. I think that this team feels like they have a little of that mojo, a little of that karma. Back-to-back regular season tournament championships in any other conference is tough to do. The Seahawks have done it. They gave Duke all they can handle last year. It's kind of like they know the script that's coming, so maybe they can revisit that script from last year and say, hey, let's tweak A, B, and C, and let's see if we can change our result and pull a big-time upset.
0: Uh, moving on next, Gus, we'll go to the Southern Conference. Uh, your representative is going to be East Tennessee State Buccaneers, 27-7, 14-4, first place in the conference. Gus, they lost at UNC Wilmington, they lost at Dayton, and they won at Mississippi State, and then they lost a close home game to Tennessee, then ended the season winning 9-10 of 10 and avenging their only loss at the time to UNC Greensboro, 79-74. to Under second-year coach Steve Forbes, East Tennessee ends its six-year tournament drought he, by the way, Gus, is 51-19 in East Tennessee State after two seasons, and he's ready to make his debut as a head coach. Eastern Tennessee State is a deep veteran
1: team. So we have to start with TJ Cromer, right, everyone? If you saw this game or got your eyes on this particular player, you know what we're talking about. The 6'3 guard is averaging just a notch below 20 points per game. He went for 41 in the tournament semis. The dude is a stud, and he is unafraid to play and bring his A-game against anybody, anytime, anywhere. He is one of those difference-making players for sure. DeSanta Bradford, total glue guy for the Buccaneers. Averages 10, four boards, four assists, over a steal, almost a block. The 6'4 guard does a little bit of everything for this team. He is probably the pulse of the Buccaneers. The difference maker here just might be senior A.J. Merriweather. The guard takes the opponent's best wing on defense and is one of the loud voices for this team and is a vocal leader. The question is, will Tevin Glass be able to guard the other team's big he has matched up against while eluding foul trouble? He's a Wichita State transfer, and he has a tall order of cleaning up the glass and doing the dirty work underneath for the Buccaneers, if he stays out of foul trouble, this team could be an issue. Watching this team come all the way back in the second half to win the conference title was pretty impressive. Cromer is legit and puts it up from deep. He has 255 attempts from three-point land, and he, shoot, he shoots it at 40%. So why not put, a couple, put up a couple more? After hitting nine threes in the semis, Keep an eye on this really hardworking team, even though they're a little bit undersized.
0: Right on point. I, I, I don't know if East Tennessee State is one of my top picks to move on. I, I think, yeah. Again, this is a Jacksonville State sort of situation. But you know what? Give them credit. They're a veteran team. Excited to see them and, and see how they do. They, they get hot. You want to be hot early. That's what Middle Tennessee State was. They could be the same way. Uh, Hey, Gus, so what about a little, uh, little rundown? Let's do a little Broadway, a little quick on Broadway for the folks, talk about some games that are coming up and uh, what we're looking for.
1: Sounds good. I like it. Let's roll down the ad, baby. On Broadway. Okay, so the first place we're going to hit on Broadway is a kind of unique situation. It's the America East Championship. It's going to be Vermont... Versus Albany. This is really interesting because they went ahead and played the first couple of rounds of their tournament early, and then they give they give both teams that make the final almost like a week off to prep. So Vermont and Albany have all of this time to go back on campus, get refocused, get back into the gym, get back in the classroom, uh, catch up on their assignments, hand everything in, and then go back and play a finals game on the 11th to go ahead and get their invite. For March, it's kind of authentic. It's kind of like prepping for a final exam as a student athlete, right, Mike Randall? I, I kind of am enjoying this setup that the America East has going for them.
0: I, I love what the America East does. My wife went to Stony Brook, and I, I've just always been involved in the America East. The week builds the anticipation. We've tried to go to those Stony Brook games once in a while. Yeah. So many great memories. The Peter Hooley shot, right? Stony Brook finally got over the hump great last shot. year. I just feel the week off does build some sort of momentum that makes this a great game. And by the way, the inside scoop here, Vermont undefeated the whole year. They got the game at home. But the issue is Albany tends to be their kryptonite. So this is going to be a, a great, great game. I like the week off. It builds. It builds a lot of anticipation.
1: Agreed. Uh, I think anticipation is the right word here. Now, Vermont does have a couple of nice wins. They beat Harvard. They beat Yale. Take that. Dr. Tony. They had a close loss to Houston and uh, a 10-ish point loss to Butler. Now, the guy here, here's the difference maker. If you're going to watch this game, here's the guy to keep an eye on. Again, you heard it here first on the screen, Screener Screener podcast. Freshman Anthony Lamb is clearly the best player in the conference currently. Now, if you go ahead and pull up his like ESPN page or a CBS page, you're not going to think that. You pull up his stats, it's very pedestrian. He's got like 12 and a half points. He's got five boards. Let's do a little deeper dive here, listeners. What do you say? If we throw out the blowout loss that they had over Binghamton, where he played only 15 minutes, the dude is averaging 20 plus over his 10 past games. Think that's a deep dive? We're going to go a little deeper for you here, guys. Over that stretch, he's shot it over 50% from three. Now, you may think like, okay, what's the big deal? Like, we always throw out giddy potts. Shooting it, uh, uh, shooting it well from deep. You know, We threw out a couple percentages earlier. He only took 26 threes early on in the season, maybe like the first 15-ish games or so, with the lowest percentage. He did not shoot it well at all. His past 10 games, he has 17 makes from three. So not only is he shooting at a great percentage, he's being really diligent when he's putting it up. And he's made a concerted effort not to shoot the three early, because he knew that wasn't a weapon for him. But obviously, he's been in the gym and he has improved this particular element of his game. And now he's bringing it back out as a weapon for the America East to go ahead and deal with uh, the America East to go ahead and deal with, and especially, um, especially Albany. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna have that part well scouted about his game. Uh, he's shooting at over fifty one percent from the field on the season. And oh yeah, those last ten games catamounts have not lost in fact they have a 20 game winning streak rolling in obviously best in the nation you know guess who the last team they lost to was that's right it was butler they lost to butler 20 games ago who recently took down villanova the defending national champions in the palestra that's not too bad if that's your last loss they also have two transfer peyton henson 6'8 guy that can stretch the d with a deep three every once in a while And their steady hand is 6'2", Trey Bell Haynes. The point is calm. He's seasoned. He's a Canadian point guard. Steady as she goes. He has under two turnovers per game. I love Vermont in this game. But as you said, Albany is the Catamount's kryptonite.
0: I think Vermont has it. I want one gift. I want Vermont versus Virginia. First round, Vermont versus Wisconsin. Or what I really want is payback against Butler. Because I'll take Vermont in every single one of those games in my bracket. You can mark that down. This team is good. They're balanced. John Becker does a great job. Can't wait for it.
1: Coach Becker is doing an unbelievable job. So if you're looking for a game to keep your eyes on and, keep, and build anticipation for, that is definitely the game. Uh, Mike Randall, anything else we want to pepper on our way through while we get through the rest of our preview here?
0: No, quick things. Uh, right now we're in the middle of Gonzaga St. Mary's. Um, Gus, of course, a huge Gonzaga person. St. Mary's is trying to f- to give a comeback here. Is about seven minutes left, and Gonzaga is up nine. So St. Mary's trying to fight back. And Jock Landell just checked back into the game. Gus, how many fouls does he have?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have. I don't have the box score.
0: Have you had to guess, my friend? Seven minutes left to go in the second half. What do you think Landell just checked back in with?
1: I think he has three
0: fouls. I think he has four fouls. Uh, and so that game's going on. We'll talk about that one tomorrow. Uh, Northeast, sure. Northeast champion tonight at the NEC, Mount St. Mary's. Congratulations to them. Big win over St. Francis. We'll give you a recap there. Horizon League. Also, Milwaukee was 4-14 and during the season. Gave Northern Kentucky all it and handle, but Northern Kentucky pulled away. So those are some games for us tomorrow. And, of course, Mike Dom, South Dakota State, 8-8 and playing Omaha tonight. Gus, maybe we'll get into the 50-point game. What do you think?
1: uh mike dom is awesome like if he makes the tournament it'll be really cool to see him uh on the march stage the dude is averaging like what he's averaging like over 24 points a game the guy's insane he's a machine plus keep in mind the Jackrabbits made it last year they're a little dangerous they have a little pedigree going a team to keep an eye on not that they're going to be dangerous but like mike dom is great and they've been there before they have a great player they're interesting if nothing else
0: Yep, that's exactly right. Let's uh, finish up with some quick news and notes. Different order tonight, Gus. Mix it up for uh, the, the March Madness week.
1: Look, look you're just like uh, you're just like the Swedish chef. You're just giving us a different recipe. I'm totally with it.
0: Let's do the news and notes from the hardwood, please. News and notes from the hardwood. Gus, we'll do a quick uh, rapid reacts here. Let's put you on the couch. I'll read you some things. I got three quick things for you, and then we're out of here. You ready, my friend? Shoot, do it. Jeff Goodman from ESPN Insider reporting that the shortlist for NC State jobs includes Chris Holtzman from Butler and Will Wade from VCU. Thoughts?
1: I think NC State crosses their fingers and they hope that they get either one of those guys. If I were Holtman, I don't know why you would go anywhere else.
0: That's my next question. Would you take it if you're either one of those guys?
1: And if you're Will Wade and you get in the tournament and win the game this year, why are you leaving VCU?
0: You want the answer, Gus? Okay. That's the reason, my friend. That's the only reason you leave. Number two, finalists for the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award. Marcus Forster of Creighton, Luke Kennard of Duke, Peter Jock of Iowa, Malik Monk of Kentucky, Bryce Alford of UCLA. Gus, you had a problem with Semi Ojale not being on the Wooden Award finalist list. You okay with this list? And what would your choice be?
1: I'm okay with this list. I think it gets gets streamed down and filtered through pretty quickly. I think you're just looking at Monk. Or Kennard. Agreed. I don't know. I don't know why you would be looking anywhere else. I think third place has to be offered. He's played great. He's been pretty great this year with ball. But I think you're I think you're choosing between those two guys. I think you're choosing between Monk and Kennard and I think either way you go, you can't go wrong. I maybe would lean Kennard for consistency. How's that?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's really close between Monk and Kennard I'll give it to Kennard because I think he kept Duke together by himself. I mm-hmm. think Bryce Alford is third. I just want to give the coaches award. You know, we used to give out coaches awards to people that we really felt weren't recognized and need to be. Marcus Foster's done a great job with Mo Watson not being on He team.
1: sure has. So yes, he
0: has. I don't think he's a winner, but I just want to say that. And last thing, my friend, C.L. Brown of ESPN. Iona's win in the Metro Atlantic as a number three seed prolonged the nation's longest streak of regular season champions not winning the conference tournament in the MAC last time the number one seed also won the MAC tournament was 2010. That was Siena. Gus, you talked about this last time. You okay with that?
1: That's why we love March Madness. You're darn right. You're going to get some of these situations where the best team doesn't make it through and you have like a crazy team. Like you mentioned Milwaukee had like 11 wins and they had an opportunity to make March Madness. That's a little bit of the beauty. The framing of this whole thing is that It includes in the capsule every blue blood. It includes UNC. It includes Duke. It includes UCLA. It includes all the history surrounding those programs. But you know what? Guess who gets to sneak in every once in a while into that beautiful canvas? Teams like East Tennessee State. Teams like Iona this year. That was the three seed. That's who gets to get their paint on the canvas. It's a beautiful piece of art. I have no problem with it at all.
0: And you also don't have a problem that Nigel Williams-Goss just got an N1 to put uh, Gonzaga up 14. Uh, he, he stripped Jock Landell, who fell down. Folks, I don't know how else we should end the podcast tonight besides that. <laughs> either either we're going to be celebrating Goss, or this will be the greatest comeback of all time. I don't think it's going to be the latter. Listen, we're coming to you every day. March Madness, we're excited. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with some automatic qualifiers. Hackman Landell, screen the screener. Cheers, listeners.